generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, Ezekiel chapter 36. From verse 24, the Bible says, let's read together the count of three, two, one. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I can't hear everybody reading. We need to read it together. Jesus said, have you not read? So there is power in reading. So let's give yourself to the reading of the word. Ezekiel 36, 24 to 30, every mouth speaking. Let's read again. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and multiply and bring no famine upon you. Verse 30, read. Never again. Never again be a reproach. This is a snapshot of redemption. This four verses from the initiation of it to the consummation of it. What's the initiation? It says, I will take you from among the nations. So redemption is God's work. It is God that does it. You're not the one that will say, I'm tired of living in Egypt. So I will get myself out. Even if you're tired of living in Egypt, it's by that mighty hand of God that you are delivered from Egypt. This will help you find assurance in the work that God has done. Because if it's God who has started it, he's the Alpha and the... So Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you. And by the way, I know people apply that differently, but it's really talking about the work of salvation, redemption, reconciliation. He that's begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He will complete it. Someone's like, God has started me on a journey. I'm, I'm on the way, um, but I have doubts, I have cares, I have fears, I have concerns. I might, you know, backslide or slide back. Even though I'm wearing all back. Might pull me back. But God will complete it. I don't know who needs that assurance, but God will complete that work. If it's the Lord who has started it, don't forget why he can complete it. Isaiah tells us that he does not run out of energy. He says, never weary is never weak. Human bodies fail over time. People get tired. How many of you have heard your parents complain? Ah, my back. Anybody like that? Ah, my knees. Ah, why buy me war? I buy it. Let me just go and help me massage my hand. As time passes, the human body may not be as strong as it used to be, but God does not run out, run out of breath. In other words, not only will he complete and consummate it, the passage of time does not reduce the quality of his operation in your life. Yes, sir. So it's not a case of, you know what, ah, it's like God is growing old now. Ah, ah, when God was young. <laughs> ah, you, you get that? So when God was young, in the early church, God was still young and fresh. Shadow, heal people anyhow. Handkerchief, boom. Tissue paper, serve. People will get healed. But now, it's like God is slowing down. It's taking it easy. What's in Daribo? That's not it. He is still as strong today 
as he has ever been. He does not increase in strength. He does not reduce in strength. And so when it says, I will bring you out of the nations, take you out of the nations, he will complete his work in your life. That amen seems to have lost some energy. Now, in their own day, what were the nations that were being brought out of? Out of Egypt, out of the Philistine nations, out of the places where they were scattered. In our own days, God is still bringing people out of nations. It's bringing people out of procrastination. Out of evil imagi. Out of abomi. Out of contami. Out of what other nation? Condemn nation this is i'll bring you out of those nations but i'm not just going to bring you out of those nations you know what i'm going to do he says i will gather you out of all the countries i want to begin to see i'm taking my, my time because i want to really understand this because there's a generation of people who understand well god you've taken me out of the nations so they understand the place of personal redemption but they've not understood the place of give me verse 24 the place of gathering the place of gathering verse 24 real quick it says i will bring you out of the nations and i will 24 okay let me read my bible and i will gather you out of all the countries in other words god does not just deliver you to stand by yourself he delivers you together. Oh yeah. That's why no one person is the church. It doesn't matter how much anointing, creativity, charisma, passion, grace you have. The deliverance is not just for you to stand alone. He said it is for a gathering. That's why when God calls one person, whether you're Abraham, whether you're Moses, whether you're Joseph, immediately after the encounter you've had with God, he's going to send you to a people or send the people to you. There is a gathering. And it says when that happens, I'm going to bring you into your own land, which now begins to suggest to me that if you are personally delivered and you don't understand the power of the gathering, you will never really enter into your own land. Because lands are not given just to individuals. They're given to tribes in the kingdom. They're given to clusters. They're given to people groups. It is always Aaron and his sons. Abraham and his generations. Get in this? Joseph is not exalted for himself. Joseph is exalted for his brethren. A type of Jesus. For he's not ashamed to call us brethren. He's not ashamed. Look at somebody say, do you honor the gathering? Some of you didn't see that one. <laughs> do you honor the gathering? It says, I will gather you and, now I'm coming to the heart of my teaching today, cleanse you from all your filthiness, cleanse you from all your idols, sprinkle water on you, and verse 26, I will give you, and this is the title of today's message, a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Somebody say a new heart. God says when I do this work of deliverance, when I bring you out of the different nations, condemnation, abomination, all of that, bring you to a gathering, I'm going to perform a surgical operation on the inside of you. He says, I'm going to sprinkle water on you. But how many of you know that if you have a heart problem, having your bath very well does not sort it out? Are you following this? If what you have is an internal issue, I spoke about it last week, that you can deal with something internal, something that requires surgery. You can deal with something that requires surgery by applying a topical lotion or solution. So there are people who have been brought into the space, but they've not experienced the reality of a new heart. That new heart was given to you at redemption and regeneration, but the experience of it is a function of your exposure to the things of the spirit and your submission and surrender to the things of the spirit. Why does God need to give you a new heart? Proverbs 4.23 says that out of your heart, it says guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it proceeds the issues of your life. 
Why did God wipe out man, mankind in the beginning? Noah, when he sent the flood. And First Peter tells us there was God who sent the flood. He said that the imaginations of man's heart were continually what? Evil. You guys have not read that. The imaginations of man's heart were continually, consistently evil. And so God says, I'm going to start with a brand new generation. I'm going to pick somebody who's found favor in my sight. And I'm going to guide him and tailor him. Why is there so much corruption in the world? Because the heart of man is wicked. Why is there rape in the world? Because the heart of man is wicked. Why would somebody collect billions of naira and not have the road? Because the heart of man is wicked. And what's the consummation of that wickedness? Because if you don't have the road, will there be accidents or not? Will there be premature death or not? Will there be aborted destinies or not? So you see that the spirit of corruption works with the spirit of death. And where does it start from? The heart. That's why Jesus says that out of the heart comes lying and stealing and fornications and murders and out of every evil thing. It does not mean that the murderer just thinks about murder in his heart. But it's saying that if there's wickedness in your heart, it's going to lead to the death of something that God wants alive. Oh, you guys are awake now. Are you getting this? Why is it that the first thing that God does in redemption, he doesn't just give, he doesn't start by giving you the gifts of the spirit. How many of the gifts of the spirit are very powerful? Prophecy. When you get saved, the first thing that happens is not a gift of prophecy. The first thing that happens is not a gift of healing. There are so many sick people in the world, right? Why can't just God just give every believer gift of healing? That the moment you say, Lord, I receive the finished work of Jesus Christ. My name is written in the book of life. I accept my faith and I walk away from my past. I have faith and I confess Jesus as Lord. Healing miracles happen everywhere. Why? Because a new heart is more important to God than a healing anointing. A new heart. Why? Because you can have a healing anointing, but if you're not working in the consciousness of a new heart, even that anointing can be twisted or used the way God doesn't want it to be used. Are you here, somebody? Spiritual gifts are like weapons in the spirit or tools or devices in the spirit. And it's the condition of the heart of the user that determines what you can do with it. Let me give you an example. People come and they say, Elisha, bald-headed man, bald-headed man, Elisha, Elisha. What does Elisha do to them? Sense what? Beers. And for the two of them were destroyed. Was that a prophetic anointing? Oh, come on. Was that spiritual power? It was. Did God endorse it? Oh, my God. See, this conundrum right now. How many of you know that God can allow you use the gift he gave you in a way he's not authorized? Yes. Moses did it. God said, speak to the rock. He didn't speak to the rock. The rod that God had endorsed, he used it to strike the rock. Did water come out or not? That means that the fact that miracles are happening does not mean that God is endorsing them. Yes, sir. I'm trying to get somebody, get to somebody. That was Moses. He said, well, Elijah, we don't know whether God endorsed the beers or not. John, uh, the disciples of Jesus said, we saw somebody casting out demons. You know, your neighbor is not one of us. We're going to call down fire. And Jesus said, you know not of which spirit you are. What that spirit is talking about? Ezekiel 36, and I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put a new spirit in your heart. And there are so many people who are not walking in the consciousness of a new heart. I'll tell you some of the things about the heart now. And so what happens is the heart you're functioning with will determine the issues you will see in your life. So if you're functioning with a human heart or the old heart, the issues in your life will be old issues. This is the reason many believers are caught in old patterns. Because they are not living out of the reality of a regenerated heart. They are living out of their old human heart. And your heart determines the issues or the proceeds of your life. Is somebody getting this? Look at somebody say, I have a new heart. Some of you are not saying that new heart like you really do have a new heart. <laughs> say, I have a new heart. Why does God 
need to give me a new heart because the old one just won't do it has expired concerning the purposes of God let's look very quickly to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 media can you find it real quick if you can find it before me I'm going to read Jeremiah 17 verse, from verse 9 it says the heart okay thank you the heart is what I want to see this. Let's look at it together. The heart is deceitful above all things. Let me ask you, what's the most deceitful thing you've seen in your life? Just shout, shout, whatever. Never say a deceitful thing. Magic arts, illusions, it's not deceitful. Have you not seen a magic show before? And the guy brought knife and cut somebody's head in front of you. You couldn't explain how it... Come on. Niggas have not gone to those shoes. Okay, Photoshop. Great. We're coming there. So, you're more familiar with Photoshop. Makeup. Makeup artist. The before and after. Have you seen those things? Like you see the before picture, mountains of blackheads. Mountains are moving. Red seas are parting. And then the after is all smooth, like I'm not alone video. It's all glossed up. I'm, I'm, of course, nobody in the video had that. I'm just saying that it's as smooth as that. Right? All glossed up. So you see the before and after. And, and you can't tell the difference not knowing that at least five kilograms of paint work. <laughs> Padded. Somebody say deceitful. That's why, especially men, before you get married, you want to see her as she's woken up. <laughs> you know, they will say, I woke up like this. After they've already done the makeup. Nollywood movies. They sleep with makeup. Some women make up to sleep in case they will meet the man of their dreams. So just in case he appears to me, he'll see me made up. But, but makeup artists, they can make one thing look like something entirely different. And you won't even believe it's the same person. He's saying that your heart can construct something that is a lie. And people will believe it. Oh yeah. I'm coming where you are. I just need a build so you understand. what I'm, I'm coming where you are. Photoshop. Have you seen on right now. If you even have some apps. Not Photoshop. Some apps. Mobile apps. That you can literally plant yourself in the Maldives. Or Barbados. Yes. Now you crop. Use all those tools and all of that. And you put it there. He's saying that your heart is more deceitful than Photoshop. Your human heart. Your natural human heart. That you can be smiling at somebody but you hate them. Someone said my table. Maybe many people are on that table. That's what it's saying. Deceit means to trick. That you can like somebody's post on Instagram. And say, God bless you, bro. But in your heart, you're like, Wah. the natural human heart that I give you a call. By the way, can we celebrate Oge, who's back from her three week international, well, domestic, out of town travel? We're so proud of you. Imagine you, you lived by yourself for three weeks. It's incredible, amazing. And Nora as well traveled. Nora and Felix, can we celebrate them? Come on, keep, keep it warm. Let your hearts be there, new hearts. Celebrate them with a new heart. That somebody can call you on the phone and say, Where are you? And you say, I'm on the way. Meanwhile, you're just on the way to the bathroom in your house. To tell you how deceitful the heart is. Watch this. The heart is not just a liar. It's a generator of lies. 
how do you know it's generating lies because when your conscience pricks you your heart will modify the lie and say but what i mean is <laughs> high five somebody say well on your table right now say but i'm on my way now i'm on my way i'm fast approaching i'm <laughs> fast approaching gang in the house you see me in a jiffy you see what i'm saying it says the heart is deceitful above all things You've seen those movies where the government of a nation, there's a nation that is very uh, notorious for doing this. The government of a nation can release a virus into the system and then act as if they don't know about it. You've seen those movies. Quote me, I didn't say they are doing it, but the movies still. <laughs> By the way, right now, I'm not talking about coronavirus. I'm telling you right now, I'm not talking about I, and this one, my heart is not being deceitful. I'm preaching this message with a new heart. But there's another nation that you guys know about. They can release biological warfare and cry, Ha! We are under attack. When they are the ones attacking. That's the deceitfulness of the heart. That people can be in a board meeting and plot evil against their best staff. Just because he exposes the deceitfulness of their own nature and character board meetings. Sometimes it happens in churches. Ah, that one, he's too anointed. Plant him into a branch inside the village. Let him go and suffer that he may know how to submit. Look at somebody saying the man's heart, natural heart is deceitful. Deceitful above all things. Not just deceitful, not just a liar. It says it is deceitful above all things. What it means is there is nothing that you can think about that can deceive anybody as much as the human heart. It means that somebody can write a book that is a lie and people will be crying thinking it's true. It means, watch this, a preacher can preach something that he does not leave. It means that somebody can get married knowing fully well that this husband, I will finish him. His money, I will take it away. I will destroy his life, business and career. The seventh year, I will leave him dry. It's a game. And so, if you're not operating from the premise of the regenerated heart, you can never spot the broken human heart or the deceitful human heart. If you're operating with, with your human heart, as the person is going lovey-dovey, you two, you are melting like custard in hot water. That's why the Bible says Jesus did not commit himself to any human because, come on, someone give me that scripture. I think John chapter 2, verse 11 or something like that. Find it for me, John chapter 2. He says that Jesus did not commit himself faith to anyone. He said because he knew, I need someone to read it from Amplified, he knew the condition of the human heart. He knew man. He said he did not commit himself. I'll explain what that means. It does not mean that he was not a committed person. Give it to me, please. John 2, something like that. 9, 11, thereabout. Towards the end. Someone find it. Fine. Like John 1, I don't know. Look for it. Google it. 2, 24. Thank you. Uh, it's okay. John 2, 24. Give it to her. Look at, look at what it says here. Let's read it. And then somebody read it and amplified for me. But Jesus did not do what? Because, you know what? Let's go, let's go to the verses before this so that we see um, the context for it. Now, when he was in Jerusalem, watch this. Where were they? Jerusalem. Where's Jerusalem? The city of God. The place that God had appointed for worship. Jerusalem is still the headquarters for the top three religions in the world, right? The Jews claim Jerusalem as their base. The Muslims claim Jerusalem as their source, their fountainhead. And then Christians, you know, Tars and all of that. So there's something about Jerusalem. It's very prophetic. In fact, we're called the heavenly, we've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Have you seen that God doesn't change his mind? You only grow in the revelation of what his mind has always been. 
Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they did what? Saw the signs which he did. So now, ah, Jesus, everybody, let's chant it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Now, if it was the 21st century president. There's always wrong with this Jesus' leg. Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> but, but that's what many of us would do when we see men healing us. When we see men, you know, adulating, celebrating, that's when we need to hide more in prayer. And tap into the intelligence of the regenerated heart. Because the deceitfulness of human heart is not just that people can deceive you, it's that you can deceive yourself. Not realizing that people are healing you sometimes because they want to be partakers of the current light you are enjoying. Are you understanding this? Because you've got the lights now, so let me add my likes to your lights. Some people post comments on people's pages so that people can recognize them. As it happens in social media, it happens in life. Yes, sir. Name dropping. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that ah, we're classmates. I'm the uncle and my brother's in-law's first girlfriend. They used to be uh, classmates. He said, during the feast, man believed in his name and when they saw the signs which he did, but verse 24 tell us what Jesus did or did not do. But Jesus, let's read that together, did not commit himself to them. Why? What does this mean? All men are the same. Except a new heart is given to them. Every man is the same. Now, when I say the same, I mean at the core composition of their hearts, not their expressions. People's expressions are different. But the heart is the fountain of every life force, of every human expression. And so, all men are liars. That's what words says, let every man be a liar. All men are liars. It's just that people are on different rings of the lying spectrum. You get that now. From white lies to black is a color spectrum. White, off-white. Cream, custard cream, butter cream. Beige. Give me the colors, folks. No, lilac. Ash is now getting ashy. <laughs> My God, there is even cosmetic called white lies. You see that? White lies. This should be thrown away. Let's. let's <laughs> Good one. And then it begins to get dark. And then in the middle, you have colors. And many times when people are a bit too colorful with their stories, lies have entered. Because there's a difference between white rice and jollof rice. One has been flavored with colors. People know that people prefer jollof rice to white rice. White, white lies. White rice. And, and some people, they're not even comfortable with their own testimony. You want it to be bad. You want it to be bad. So I, I, I got him. No, I slept with this one. Like, you didn't. Are you trying to feel a monk? Or other testimonies of breakthrough and increase. Say, ah, I fasted 21 days, three hours. It says, and you all men, and verse, verse 25, are you ready with Amplify? Verse 25, what does it say? Tell me. And had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was where. What is in man? What is it? The fallen heart, the regenerated, the degenerated heart. 
Now, that heart, where's your heart? Around here, right? That's around where your physical heart is. I thought my heart was in my head. No, it's right here. Physical heart. Now, your physical heart, you know, it pumps blood into every part of your body. Is there any part of your body that does not need blood? Every part of your body needs blood directly or indirectly. So he's saying that what governs the health of the body is the activity and the nature of the physical heart. Similarly, spiritually, what governs the health of the life is the nature and the activity of your spiritual heart. And the thing about the heart is that whether you are aware of its work or not, it's working. It's amazing. I would say, I've not brushed my mouth. But you never say, ah. I've not beaten my heart. It means your heart is working even when you are not conscious of it. That's why David said, Lord, search my heart. My God. Because if it says the heart of man is desperately wicked, I've not even touched that one. I've touched the seed. Can we touch about des- desperate wickedness? Not wicked, oh, desperately. It's longing to do wicked. If the Holy Spirit is taken away from you, you will be catastrophe in motion spreading seed bile all kinds of fluids everywhere lying wonder you will be a deputy in the rank of hell human host to the works of darkness now people say if, if god is alive why is the earth like this a day after the holy spirit is taken out of the earth the earth will begin to decay because the holy spirit is not just active in regeneration he was the active ex- expansion of god's power in creation Job said, by the spirit, the crooked serpent on the rocks was created. So the spirit of God, which is the spirit of wisdom and ingenuity, created everything you can see. He's the one. Are you you getting that? The word and the spirit are one. God spoke the word. The spirit went into operation because when God speaks his word to you, what makes the word life is the spirit of God that goes into operation by virtue of the spoken word. Got that? This is the reason if somebody is not saved, they are not saved. It's not about discrimination. It's what it is. If you look at a Mercedes Benz and say, do you know you're not a bike? They're like, no, I'm a bike in Jesus' name. You're not a bike. I don't want to jump the gun. But let me give you this and you know it. If any man be in Christ, he's not an updated version of a sinner. Cinnamon 2.0. Cinnamon plus plus. You're not a coding language. Python. <sighs> or, no, no, you're not that. You're a new creature. God said, I'll give you a new heart. Let's talk about desperate wickedness. Can somebody quickly give me definitions of wicked, real quick? I need to wind this down. Do the rest of the second service. Synonyms of wicked. I'm not talking about the live show that they do in Broadway. And some of you don't know that. Sinful. Give me more. Immoral. Lack of what? Now, can I just mention something to you? One of the reasons determination and self-will and all of that does not deal with matters of the flesh is that you cannot undo the wickedness of the heart using your brain. You all are not getting that. Because even when the brain stops working, the heart is still working. Naturally speaking and spiritually speaking. So you can use head knowledge to reverse heart problems. Well, let it sink now. That's why there are people who can quote the scripture more than you. Their head is full of the Bible, but their heart is not regenerated. And I've taught it before that if you're dealing with an addiction, a compulsive behavior and all of that, and you overcome it in your power, you have been delivered from one addiction into another one. Is the addiction to self-worship. Are you seeing that now? 
so immoral is in the heart jesus did not say out of the abundance of the head the mind speaks the word says out of the abundance of the heart he says a good man out of the good treasures of his brain no a good man out of the good are, are you getting this you look a little distracted a little lost where are you uh, are you in caliber now are you back are you back uh, you, what did i say the last thing i said Uh, before that one. <laughs> let your mind be here out of the abundance of the heart a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings out good things so the major outflows of your life don't even come through your brain your brain is more of a passage to your heart The heart is the official irrigation pipeline for your life. That's why I said faith comes by the first hearing is auditory to the brain and hearing by the word of God. The inner ears need to hear that word. How many of you went to Sunday school but Sunday school didn't go to you? God, God has something to say. God has something to say. Listen, listen. Pay close attention. God has something to say. Through. God has something. No, Bible verse. For God's love, you want John 11 35 Jesus wept look at somebody say your heart matters immoral give me some more immoral the heart is desperately immoral is what black hearted it is a manifestation of the human nature that when somebody is succeeding with great momentum you are wishing they will slow down so that you can look better and the gap will not be too wide oh yeah i just shook i just burnt destroyed all the tables in the house did i speak to somebody it's unconscious that if you have not trained yourself and crucified the flesh you will ask why always her it says black-hearted the spontaneous response is not how can I help her manage all this harvest. It is a hey, let her go and be succeeding by herself now. That's a degenerated heart. And, and one of my assignments today is not just to talk about how Christ has paid for a new heart. It's to also let you know that you can have a new heart but you're not using it. Are you getting that? It's a provision just like spiritual gifts. You can have it and not be using it. So you can have a new heart, but your function out of this is why you can see people who are powerfully anointed, but they are still wicked. Are you getting this now? I, I, I can't tell you stuff, man. I've gone, I've been to positions of perplexity. Who's been in the conversation with me? Where we have this, I know Kenneth, my wife, maybe John Fiedel, a couple of you. Where you say, ha, ah, is that really the anointing? When somebody is, this one is really doing this one. Is it really the anointing? The anointing is smearing, is oil. Cyrus was not saved. He was anointed. God called him my anointed one. So oil, the anointing is not proof of the indwelling character of Christ. I've been, in, I've been like God. How can this person? How is it possible? But there are also people who are saved, genuinely born again. But guess what's happening? They are still children and understand how to use their regenerated heart. So they've built great things. But the way they relate in certain, you know that this person has not gone to a place of maturity in the human heart. And that maturity can never happen without pain. That's why the Bible says circumcise your hearts. Circumcision is painful. It means certain things will be removed from you. Opportunities taken from you, positions, titles, acknowledgement. People will leave you. 
that circumcision. Of course, we're not talking about circumcision of the flesh right now. Whether you circumcise naturally or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> then just not be like, are you circumcised? You cannot enter heaven. Heaven, no, that's not. Talking about circumcision of the heart. It says that we are that circumcision. We're consistently being caught. Being caught. You understand now. This is not redemption blood. This is maturity blood. Black hearted. Iniquitous. Diabolic. How is it that a believer who has received the anointing in the house, being powerfully impacted, the word of God has come either in this house or another good house, and many good houses, no matter what the devil is trying to make the church look like. There, I don't even know there are still many good churches. Yes, don't let the devil deceive you because it can be overwhelmed when you hear stories of this one and that one and that the other. But there are many good people. Elijah said, I'm the only one that is left. God said, now your heart is deceiving you. Elijah, you're anointed, but your heart is deceiving you. I have 7,000 people in this same Israel. 7,000 who have not bowed to bow. The fact that you don't know somebody does not mean that they're not anointed. Yeah. That they're not spiritual. Or that they're not gifted or in line with God. Popularity is not proof of divine presence. So Elijah was the most prominent and popular, but God said, I have 7,000 people. The moment he said he can't do it anymore, three people shared his anointing. He had no idea he was carrying kingly, prophetic, and intercessory anointing in himself. God said, I got three guys, man. That oil, I give it to you. Now you give it out. So somebody can receive such a strong word, a powerful word, in a meeting like this. They feel the power of God, not just feel. They connect with it. And then in the course of the week, somebody will now come and say to them, you know that issue you've been trusting God for? There's one Baba somewhere. There's one mountain somewhere. There's one candle you have to burn. One oil you have to lick. One ogusho you have to use to wash your body. Like, you know, the I'm not alone video where the moon is. The moon has to be full moon. Then you now walk and say, I have come. I have come. Give me. I will go and come. <laughs> They're believers. Do you know that? Yeah. Still running around for holy water? Yeah. From unholy people. So that heart is iniquitous, is diabolic. It still allows witchcraft, which is a manifestation of the flesh. By the way, witchcraft is not one of the deepest spiritual things. It's the work of the flesh. Witchcraft, I know in Nigeria, we pray, let's bind this witch. We, we pray against this witch. We destroy this witch in the name of Jesus Christ. Save your prayers. When Paul taught us to pray, he did not say pray against witches. He said we rest not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. A witch is just a human being that is trying to align itself with dark forces and has surrendered his resources to be tools in their hands. So it's essentially a puppet. The spirit behind that witch, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. I'm not saying don't bind them or uh, harass them, but I'm just saying many times just ex we ex exalt witches. Ha, a witch is doing me. Galatians 5 says witchcraft is the work of the flesh. It's not a deep occult spirit. Are you getting this? It's just like heresies. It's just like fornication. Just like. It's just an outflow of wickedness. Which means they can use tokens like Harry Potter to pervert, to illeg illegally pervert systems and things. And so we can reverse that. We can bind their influences and all of that. I'm just saying, say, a witch is behind. Hey! Witch! Say, so you know not of which spirit you are. High five somebody till their palms blush and tell that person you have a new heart. Give me more quickly. Sacrilegious. Malicious. Devilish. Depraved. I don't want to paint some pictures, but there are people who sleep with animals. That's depraved. Give me more. Aeneas. Aeneas. Okay. Tainted. Shouted. I, I want to move beyond. Low down. Debased. Incorrigible. Vile. Do you see this now? This is why God says, I will take that heart. 
I'm throwing away. I'm not trying to revamp it. I'm not trying to revamp it. At least I'm better than I was. I get what you mean, but God doesn't want to improve your old heart. He wants to train you to live with your new heart. And when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die just to layer your old heart with another coat of paint. Sir, God, let's just oil it. Let's creed it. Paint it and put wallpaper. Screensaver. P.O.P. All right, give me, give me that. I need to be the wine though. Give me in the amplified. Yeah, that John one. From twenty-three. Yes, from twenty-three. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, uh-huh. many believed in his name, identifying themselves with him. Okay. After seeing his signs, attesting to his miracles, mm. which he was doing, but Jesus, for his part, did not entrust himself to them. That's the word. So that commitment does not mean ah, I'll never commit to anything. No. He's saying he did not put his trust in them. It does not mean you don't trust people. Because to not trust people is also to deceive yourself. There are people you must trust. People you need to trust. There are people you even give trust on credit. Yeah, there are people. Until they exhaust their tokens and their coins. In all those video games, yeah. you have no coins left. Yeah. Evict some people. The game is over. He did not entrust himself to them. Why? Because he knew all people and understood the superficiality and fickleness of humanity. That's the word! He understood the superficiality. He understood that people are generally surface people. Yeah. How do you know? Whenever you're going through something deep, see how people disappear. Because folks don't like to be dragged into your depth. That's why till today, Tenu come. That's why till today, if I ask you, how are you doing? What do you say? I'm fine. Why? Watch this. Because if you try to tell me how you really are. I'm not really fine. Then open your mobile banking. Maybe I'll be fine. What? All the banking. Hey, you're not fine. Yes, sir. All of us too. It's God that is helping us. So. Uh, but you're better now. I'm better. You're fresh. Uh, I know I'm fresh. Uh, uh, so, so what are you going to do now? So what are you going to do now? I don't know anything you no can. No problem, have a meeting. We don't like. I'll be praying for you. I'll get back to you. <laughs> My thoughts and prayers are with you. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I have your number, I'll call you. I have your number, I'll call you. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Love and light. Heart, heart, heart. Don't mean much. Let me put the balance to it. This is why the Bible tells us about the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan had a tragic trajectory, was going somewhere. And then he sees somebody who's been beaten by life, robbers and all, and he moves away from his own assignment and faces that. That is an attribute of the new heart. I hope you can see now that even though many of us are redeemed, we've not been operating with this new heart. It's just spare heart for the rapture. (laughs) This is the heart that will take me to heaven. So let me just hold this beside me. This is the concept of church mind. That church mind is colloquial expression for a new heart. 
It is how God thinks, how God operates, how God functions. And then to close, superficiality and what else? And fickleness of human nature. All right. Let me quickly do this. The fickleness of human nature. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Three years time. They, you'll see them at the airport. Now, can you be there for everybody? Practically not. You can't be there for everybody. You are not designed to be there for everybody. That's why I emphasized in the beginning that God said, I will bring you out of the nations and I will do what? Gather. We're getting to a place where I cannot effectively pastor everybody. Where we are, you can't effectively pastor 200 people. You can't. Effectively. Because pastoring has to go beyond just teaching and preaching. I'm talking about welfare pastoring. Of course, I'm your pastor. Of course, when we're 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, I'm still your pastor until the Lord says, um, you know. But, no, not come home. Uh, it's not coming home that will make me live. Uh, see, I want to be like Jesus and Paul. You're not understanding. They were alive. Jesus said, I've finished my work. Alive. It's not death that will determine my retirement. said I have run my race he said I'm even in between whether I should stay or I should go it's like someone who has finished their exams they're in the exam hall they're just chewing gum and writing uh, come on guys don't worry God has people in every generation so uh, alright now what was I superficiality okay so you can't be there for everybody but in the gathering there's a cluster or a team or a tribe or a people group. And that's why we're restructuring the, the entire system. And we're having new teams and people who are going to be representatives of those teams who are going to carry on the assignment and the heart, not just for the work that we do, but also for helping our hearts, you know, in that area. Because obviously you all can reach me and there are issues that need to be addressed that I will not be available. Some of you have very urgent issues. When you already know that your WhatsApp message will be on a queue. 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. Then you have to pray and send it again so it will come to the top. It's not my phone. I have 3,800 WhatsApp contacts. Over 4,000 phone numbers. And I know at least 80% of those people personally at least. So when people send messages, it's not random, hi, it's specific situations. So if you even get a message from me where I continue from where we stopped, you should celebrate me. <laughs> that I'm carrying hundreds of stories and issues in my head and I can pick up from the last conversation. And if you get an appointment, please don't waste my time, y'all. Because <laughs> I, I canceled many things to make that happen. But the point I'm trying to make is that the gathering now has grown and so there must be clusters in the gathering. Yeah. Are you getting this? For effective fellowship. Because many, many of you, what you need is not me. It's an answer that you think I'm the only person who has. Whereas that your friend and prayer partner has exactly the same answer. But many times we despise the solutions that are close to us and honor the ones that are distant from us. It's the same reason you will celebrate Hollywood actors but will not promote your friend's business on your social media page. <laughs> All right. Let me give you a list of things and then we'll just close in this service. The heart is a component. I might, I might start off with this in the second service so we can really know what the heart is. Your heart is like a corporation. It's a complex thing. Your heart is not simple. How many of you have realized that sometimes you don't even know how you are feeling? You're supposed to know, but you don't even, you are shy. Like there are choreographic dance steps in your heart. Anybody ever been there? Now, now some of you, <laughs> you know how you are feeling. You're always straight. But the healthy human being, sometimes he can't really put it together. Why? Because it's a heart of flesh. Sometimes flesh is not always as definable as stone. Because sometimes God is still molding your heart and is giving you an instruction that seems unfamiliar. So it's like a corporation has inputs, it has outputs. We know that things can go into the heart. We know things can come out of the heart. 
And there are many components of it. Let me just give you a long list. Number one, feelings and emotions are components of your heart. Feelings and emotions. Number two, desires, motivations, and passions. Desires, motivations, and passions. Number three, thoughts, imaginations, motives, and intentions. They are in your heart. Components of your heart. Number four, reasoning and perception. Now, the Hebrew word that was that's used for heart... Bible words are used for heart. Many times they are used interchangeably for mind, for soul, for heart. And so the way I would define, I'll tell you um, one of the easiest ways to define your heart. Your heart is the seat or core aspect of your inner nature. The seat or core aspect of your inner nature that makes up the person that we are before God. The seat or core aspect of your inner nature. It's an inner thing. It's an inward game that make up the person that you are before God. The person that God sees. It says man looks on the outward appearance. What happens? But God looks at the... So your heart is the passport picture of your spirit and your subconscious mind. That, that bridge right there. Are you getting that? So that's why I said I'll give you a new heart and put my spirit in you. Because you can't have the new heart without the spirit of God. Titus 2.5 Regeneration and renewal by the spirit. It's a spiritual implantation. Like a heart transplantation. Alright? So number four is what? Reasoning and perception. Number five, attitude and character. Number five, attitude and character. Number six, the wheel. The wheel, the wheel, W-I-L-L, the wheel. Number seven, the law of God is written in the heart. We'll touch on this in the second service, Romans 2, 12 to 16. People ask the question, people that died before Jesus came, how would they be judged? Anybody ever thought about that? Romans 2 explains that to us. It says that the heart, the law of God is written in every human heart. That's why the average person knows that certain things are wrong. Even people who are not born again, when they kill people, their conscience. It says the conscience bears witness to that law. You know, before I used to think everybody has conscience, but the Bible says that the law of God is written in the hearts of men. Come on, people. Isn't God good? Ah. Eh? I said, isn't God good? People are like, <laughs> so people are like sometimes right? The law of God is written in the heart and so people are going to be judged by that law of the heart and their conscience bearing witness as well. Number eight, the Holy Spirit is in the heart if the believer is saved. I'll really talk about regeneration in the second service. Because there's a law of degeneration that works in all men. There's a law of regeneration that works in the believers. Romans 8, it says that there is a law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus that has delivered us from the law of sin and death. But it says, nevertheless, there's another law at work. Where? In my members. Now, that law that is at work in my members, in my body, is the programmatic influence of the canal nature in my body that always wants to compel me to function from my old heart. Are you getting that? So, this is not me now. I don't want to live that way. But there's a programmatic architectural construct in my psyche that is used to getting angry when things don't go my way. That is used to stealing money when I'm under pressure. That is used to sleeping with somebody I'm not married to once a certain part of my body is behaving like a Nepal pool. That is, used, that is used to all of those things. That's why the believer feels bad because he knows that is not him. The unbeliever does not feel bad because he drinks iniquity like water. He's like, give me more. Where is it happening? Let's go and do it. There is no constraint in a system. The believer has constraints in a system because the word says the love of God constrains us. And so for the believer, he notices as it begins to mature, he literally has to override many forces before he sins. He has to override the law of common sense. 
He has to override the law of conscience. He has to override the law of discipline. He has to override the law of accountability. He has to override the law of spiritual intelligence. And he has to say, God, no. Then he'll go and do it. People here are very honest. People, they are like, eh. I didn't know these are all the things I The reason you don't know is that you overcome them so fast. <laughs> you don't know. There's, there's some... I'm talking about intentional, willful sin, not omission. Omission, every human being does. Omission, how many times have you forgotten somebody's birthday that you loved? Many times. <laughs> it was Mrs. Morgan's birthday some uh, two days ago. We celebrate. Can we celebrate Mrs. Morgan? <laughs> Did you see my missed call? Did you see my missed call? But we're not in the mood. They're just like, what's up with this guy, man? Leave free me, man. Birthday, let me just. It was somebody else's birthday this week. Anybody's birthday? Okay. Person who starts celebrating spiritual birthday. Spiritual cake. (laughs) Number nine, final thing. Knowledge of God and desire for eternity is in the heart. I'll talk about it in second service. Knowledge of God and desire for eternity. So, what did Jesus Christ do on the cross? What Jesus Christ did on the cross was to present himself as the perfect substitution. How does that work? You see, when God said, I will give you a new heart, Ezekiel 36, 26, when it says, I will give you a new heart, for someone to give you a new heart, watch this, right? Watch this. For someone to give you a new heart, that means that he must have one himself. So whilst it was true that the heart of man was desperately wicked. Jesus did not partake of the wickedness of man's heart. Are you following this? He was not the seed of the flesh, but he was subject to all the lusts, all the temptations, all, every, every. Are you getting this now? Because, um, what's this guy's name? John, the beloved, was so close to him that he would lean his bosom. And I'm sure, maybe, I don't know how it manifested, maybe devil would be like, oh, you know, this guy loves you, guys. So like make out or something, you like, kill. Like, no. Women were in his ministry, no. Money, he did not steal. Laws, he did not break. On the cross, when it was the most vulnerable, on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. And so that heart, that new heart, that God heart, he maintained it. So that the believer who believes right now, Mashuyakata, also receives that. I'll explain the second service, uh, I believe Acts 15 verse 9. He said, having their hearts purified by faith. So it's faith that purifies the heart. But that purification is not just cleansing us. That purification is taking away the heart of stone and putting the heart of flesh. How does it happen? By going to Jerusalem? I plan to go to Jerusalem, so I'm not dissing that. Is that how it happens? By what? Faith. By faith. By faith. That's how that heart is transplanted. How do you also live from that new heart? How? By faith. The way God gave birth to you is the way you should grow up. He says, who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? Have you started with a new heart and you want to end with an old one? Have you started in the spirit and you want to end up in the flesh? What does it mean? It means that when I feel like slapping somebody, Toza! I have to say, will a new heart slap that? You understand that? And it's by faith. The same faith that gives me salvation gives me sanctification. I'm just progressive in it. Can we thank God for a new heart? Can we thank God for a new heart? In the second service, I'll share more on this nine elements of giving you. I might add a tenth one and just really speak about how your affections really can be the affections of Jesus. Imagine your affections being the affections of Jesus. Wouldn't your life be so...
know that that whole malice problem and grudge problem is not your real heart that's why you feel like a hypocrite you see that's why when you allow yourself flow in the works of the flesh Jesus didn't paint rather didn't die to paint our old hearts he died to give us a new heart he died to give us a new heart now begin to ask the Lord say Lord give me wisdom to begin to live out of that new heart I don't want to live out of the old heart any longer and you know every other thing speaks to that old heart you don't have that heart any longer but don't forget it's the law in your members it took me a long time to understand that it's the law in your members it's the craving in your in your flesh in your it's the residue let me live it that way the footprints the imprint of the activities of the old heart but not never again it says never again will you be at the reproach of those nations receive it receive it consciousness strength grace focus to operate with that new heart we give you praise our God place your hands on your chest everybody and say after me father I want every voice to say with conviction father thank you for the gift of a new heart because I believe in Jesus you have taken away that heart of stone and you have given to me the heart of flesh you have placed in me your spirit therefore I have the affections of Jesus I have the passions of Jesus I have the reasoning of Jesus I have the perception of Jesus I have the will of Jesus I flow in the spirit of Jesus I'm free I walk in newness of life in Jesus name we have prayed somebody give God praise for a new heart you ought to give him a louder praise than that heart you have a teachable heart you have a you can change listen that's the way I am that's not the way you are in Christ the man in Christ is never rigid you know the heart that cannot change stony hearts a stony heart cannot grow cannot be molded cannot be shaped it has to be broken for it to change you can change that's why it says circumcise your heart take off the layers of deadness and the reminders of incorrigibility all right glory to god a generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this how